<laughs> it's the Exit 52 a, podcast. A true, a true standoff if I've ever seen one there. Just a true, like, a, a stare down for the ages. <laughs> well, I, mine was still was still rolling. Like, the video wasn't over. So, oh, so I, I was not even in. I was not even in the... Um, the ability. That's why I was like punching the air to try to get it to go. I, don't I know saw you dancing. I was like, "Huh? Is he? I guess he just wants me to go." Okay, let's let's roll with it. And then, uh, yeah, just that's, as I was about well, to, that's yeah, to pull it behind the curtain. I feel like I feel like people get this. Me and Jake are kind of the two like point guards on this. Like depending on who's on, and then when the two of us are on, we just kind of decide beforehand like who's going to do it. And I did it last week. So then we started, and I was like, "Oh no, we didn't wait." And I was like, oh, I'll just do it because like when it's normally this three, I kind of lead it and it allows Jake to not have to lead the show. And then so we have the video that plays where you hear the song that plays for a video for us when we record. And mine was just not ending. So I was like still on mute. And I was like, I hope these guys are still on mute. Otherwise, this is going to look really, really awkward. A true how the sausage <laughs> gets made moment to, to open the week here for us. Very nice. Yeah, very much so. That was like a, that was like a very much a look behind the curtain. Um, it's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Um RDT, Jake, Taylor, here with the people. Um, guys, you are, I think, the two people worth talking to. You guys were at Jimmy Seafood last night for the Adley Rushman Home Run Derby extravaganza. I was sitting on my couch, and our man certainly acquitted himself very well. Um, got taken down by a heck of a performance and had really, you know, other than the Julio Rodriguez first round, I would say – the switch hitting Adley is probably the second best moment of the night. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. winning is great. It's funny. The home run derby at this point, the best moments kind of happen early, and the championship almost becomes an afterthought by about 10, 30, 10, 45, partly because these guys are super tired by the time they get to the final and just like don't have a lot left. Um, but, man, what a performance. And um, as the All-Star game goes on here, hopefully he can follow it up with a nice night tonight along with – the Orioles through other all-stars, but that was certainly just another step in the kind of star making machine um, that has become Mr. Rutschman. So very fun stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was, do you want to take it, Jake? You yeah, go. we're, we're just, we're killing the chemistry uh, in tonight's episode, by the way, I really just got a comment yeah. on how, how smooth this whole thing has gone, but yeah, no, it was a, <laughs> it was a great time. Um, we kind of, you know, it sort of came together quickly because Adley uh, wasn't announced for the home run derby until what was it late last week? So yeah, got together in the uh, downstairs bar at Jimmy's, which I hadn't really spent a ton of time in. Me, Eric, uh, representing the uh, representing the brand, and then a good bunch of a uh, good bunch of friends came through. Our friend Gabby, uh, our buddy Trevor made an appearance. Orioles Muse shout out was there. A couple couple just really. Really good name. So it was good to uh, connect with some people and watch Adley go out there and do his thing. And he did the. Uh, I was talking about this with Eric. He did the ideal thing, I think, which was to go out, put on a really cool performance. You get the barstool big cat. Adley uh, is sweet uh, tweet out there, which is you know huge for the brand. And he just kind of bows out early. And uh, it feels like he got himself into a nice groove. Let's ride that momentum. He didn't take it too deep. He didn't screw up his swing, hopefully. It just felt like a very resplendent night upon which he announced himself uh, and maybe some other family members of his announced themselves to uh, the rest of the country, which is great to see. And uh, yeah, it was just a great night, Eric. Yeah, it, w- it was a lot of fun. Um, like we said, we we were. I was kind of worried that like I was like, man, if it's the one and eight matchup and they go first, and Adley hits like eight home runs in the first, you know, first round, and then he's eliminated by eight fifteen. I was like, this is going to be kind of a dud. But 
I mean, he did kind of the opposite. Again, he wasn't. The, I think they were the second matchup after um, Adolis and Randy. So again, I don't know if that helped him kind of knock some of the nerves off. But I mean, from the left side, he was awesome. I mean, you know, he had 21 home runs. Again, he looked tired. Like you know, he took the time out. And he bounced back after that. Um, Randy's pitches could have been a little better, probably, if we're being honest. Um, but he was living inside, and, and Adley was kind of tomahawking, like he was popping them way up there. And they were getting out in right field. And then, you know, we we were going nuts watching it. I think Jake had asked me, like, what number are you feeling? Like, what number do you feel good at? And I think I said 20s. Yeah, and you again, said like 24. And, round, yeah, I mean. Yeah, something like that. It's mid-20s, low-20s, somewhere around there. And then um, when he went into that extra time and he switched to the right side, we were all just like, holy shit, like, what is this? I mean, people thought that he would do that. Um and then all he did was go six for seven from the right side, hitting bombs. Um, and like you said, he ran into a buzzsaw that is Luis Robert, who has also hurt himself in the derby, which I told multiple people last night was going to happen. I was like, I would not be shocked if he like, put a hamstring or a quad, and he has tightness in his calf now. So he should just be able to – that should be a forfeit if, if you're asking me. But, um, no, it was awesome. And, and like you said, I mean, he was all over Twitter, like – Again, you got the big cat tweet. It was all over. I mean, every ESPN, MLB, you know, Barstool, we were all tweeting about it. And it was this video of him and his dad and switched to the right side and his sister and mom going nuts. It was awesome to see. And and I was telling someone last night where I said it, it, it almost reminds me of the Josh Hamilton home run derby where you don't remember that Justin Morneau won that home run derby. You just remember Josh Hamilton putting on an absolute show. And that's exactly what Adley did. Like, credit to Vlad. That was awesome. But, I mean, and people are bitching about the – um. The fourth is Adley, the third most home runs in the first round. He hit more than Vlad did in any of his rounds, you know, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was cool to see. Like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he didn't have to go three rounds in three hours, you know, hitting baseballs. The guy needs all the rest he can get. So it was just really cool to see. And, again, he's in the national spotlight. Everyone's kind of talking about him. And, you know, McAfee was talking about him. Bob Sports was doing a video about him. Like, it, it was just really cool to see. Because, again, I mean, around here, we've been used to this for four years now. Like, this is kind of, again, the, the casual baseball fan who may not watch Orioles baseball or, or consume every game. Like, they're tuning in for Derby. They're going, who the hell is that? Like, what the what the fuck was he doing? Like, switch hitting? I mean, it was incredible. So, yeah, it was an awesome performance. And hopefully uh, him doing something tonight in the Derby would be really cool. But I'm, I'm super happy for him, all the Orioles all-stars. But especially him and his dad, you know, again, growing up there and, and going to the ballpark and all that stuff. So, it was it was just an awesome night. Um, again, I mean, it would have been cool if he won, but I, I'm not like, I'll never be upset that anyone didn't win him run derby. I'm not going to sleep over it, but, uh, it was, it was really cool to see. So it was a good performance by him. Yeah. I think that you, you, you put it very well there. You know, this is, this guy is someone since he got picked number one overall by the Orioles in Baltimore has everything he's done is massively analyzed right on or off the field. And Essentially, all of it has been positive. I, he really hasn't taken one misstep. And now he's starting to be able to put himself into the moments where he ascends back to the national stage um, that he sort of had, that you sort of have for a little bit when you're in the College World Series, like he was, and you win that and you're the best player and then you're the number one pick. You're kind of there, but this is how baseball works. These guys then go away for a while. And when they come onto a team like the Orioles, you know, no disrespect to our own baseball team. Um, you know, they're still not back in the spotlight yet as they, uh, you know, when they play here. And now with this performance, you know, if he can do something tonight and then when the Orioles, you know, knock on wood, make the playoffs, 
he is, you know, continuing to take those steps towards becoming a star. And one of the, the best things I think, you know, if you were to apply the home run derby somehow to like moving forward in actual baseball games, which I think is kind of a fool's errand, but this guy doesn't seem really phased by any big moment. We've seen him, you know, produce at the college level in the biggest moments that you can be in. We've seen him produce in, you know, regular season games at the back end of games and big moments and get big hits. And now he gets put in the spotlight and, you know, you could easily have frozen up in here. You're at home. You have friends and family there. You know, you just got put in it and you're not, you know, you're not like known as a slugger. He's, you know, he, he's probably besides Mookie Betts, the guy in the con and maybe a Rosarana, the guy in the contest that was like, you know, not a hulking slugger. And then you go out there and do that. And your dad's out there who gets a ton of play. You know, his sister's now getting a ton of play today. Like what a 24 hours for the Rushman family. Um, and it's just very cool to see, and the guy couldn't have handled it better. So that, to me, is like you want, especially when you're like in a smaller market team like this, you like want your guy to go out there and just like put, like make you're like proud of him. It's like a college player to a certain extent. Like you just like made us proud on the biggest stage. That's what Ali Rushman did, and that's the cool part of the home run derby. And that's why I think Major League Baseball's done a great job with it. They've gotten these guys to buy into doing it, and it just as I, I think I said that on the show last night, like or last week, it like mm-hmm. makes this event unbelievable. I mean, they have the biggest stars in the sport consistently jumping in this thing, and it's amazing every single year. So glad that Allie was able to be a part of that. Um, and, man, was going right-handed and just, you know, going six. I mean, that what, what an incredible, like, move by him. And I don't know. I'm assuming that was premeditated in some way. And I don't know if that was a gimmick or something he really thought was going to help him, regardless of how he thought about it. Just made him that much cooler. If so. he did that, if he did that off the dome and just ripped off six in a row, that's got to be the most like legendary thing I've ever seen. I was talking to Eric. He's just like he's that friend growing up that you had that you loved, good friend of yours, but you also kind of hated him because this guy's just fucking good at everything and he's good looking and you know it's the women want him, men want to be him situation. And uh, no, he's our guy and we love him and um, it's awesome. Like baseball's so interesting in this way where. In the NFL, it's like you get drafted, and even if you're like a second or a third rounder, you can start producing right away, and you can become a star right away, like some of these guys do, like a Debo Samuel or some of these other guys that go on the second day or whatever. They can just you just become a star right out of the gate. I mean, Adley got drafted four years ago at this point, and I mean, it's just been a slow, slow burn. And to your point, we've known about him, but it's almost like following like an actor's career, like a smaller name actor that you see in like a small role and yet you have like an investment in him. And then like four years later, he's like starring in big movies or something. And like maybe as like a big coming out role, this kind of felt like that to me. Uh, just a very, very interesting way that the sport works as far as development goes. It's just obviously it's much more slow, but to see it all play out in real time with a guy like this, who uh, I think we were tweeting has a chance to become one of the faces of baseball kind of already is to a certain extent, just really, really cool to see. And the MLB, you know, man, they, they were doing a really shitty job with their product for probably a decade plus, but it seems like they're really starting to come around with the pace of play stuff. And now with the uh, star making and, you know, credit to the guys for buying in in the way that they have to your point. And I think Adley uh, taking this as an opportunity to interface with some bigger stars, people were making a big deal about him fist bumping with Shohei before the game got going tonight on the promo thing. And, you know, he's chopping it up with uh, Randy and whoever else it might be. Uh, so yeah, just a, a really, really cool night. Very, just a unique to baseball kind of thing, I think, which is really cool to see. One of, one of the cool, the cooler videos I saw was from our girl, Nicole, who does video for the Orioles. And she had the video looking at Adley as he's batting righty. And you can see all the players in the background and the fans. And he hits the first one, and you see all the fans just stand up. 
and it's cool because you can see you can see Acuna, and you can see um, Soto like very clearly, and you see their heads following the ball. Acuna watching, and he's watching, and then he starts like throwing his hands up, and he eventually does like a back like somersault because he's just going nuts watching him. Like it was it was really cool to see, and again the fans were super into it. So if if you haven't seen that video, go to the Orioles social media, um, and go back and watch that. It was a really cool video. Um, and again, it's like that just shows you again, like you, you got Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna who are two, you know, at the top, you know, at their peaks, five players in baseball, they're going nuts over Adley, like, and, and the show he put on. So I think it was, I think the right side was meditated. We'll have to ask him that next time we get him on, we'll get him on soon. It had to be meditated, but yeah, it was uh, baseball. I mean, MLB did a great job with it. And, and like you said, they've done a good, great job with everything as a whole. Um, I also think the $1 million winning bonus definitely helps get the guys in there. Um, that's yeah, I mean, that's nice, what you got to you know? do. You have to. I mean, yeah, it's, it's worth 100%. it, too. It's worth it. Like, that 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 contest, I said this before the show, I think, that contest creates a moment every single year. And it's like, mm-hmm. you. it's a great point bringing up the guys around. It even help, it helps the guys sitting there around become more relatable and bigger stars. Like you, if you watch, you know, there's the famous clips from the Vince Carter slam dunk contest of all the guys, yeah, like that's what I was saying. of all the guys like filming Vince Carter. And it's amazing because like, it's relatable to a fan. If those guys are that impressed, I should be that impressed. And the slam mm-hmm. dunk contest has totally lost that. Cause those guys are just not as bought in and, and they're, they're around that are all star Saturday night, but you don't have any stars in it. Like I said, last week, get Mac McGlung is in the, it's in the home run derby. <laughs> or is it, excuse me. This, I'm not gonna, the home run derby has replaced the dunk contest and maybe the three point shootout to a lesser extent as like the premier gimmick all-star event. Like it is clearly the best one. It is. I think the best thing baseball does all year, except for ESPN's garbage broadcasts. Um, which they get right from like an angles and a stat rocket, but the, 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 the talent choices I just don't agree with, but um, it's just awesome. And you, so that's why I was so excited to have Adley. And it's like, all right, if he can just do it, like this is a big stage for people to learn who this guy is like Julio Rodriguez. I mean, two consecutive years. I'm just like this guy. I mean, like if the Mariners come on, be excited. To, I'm going to be excited to watch that guy. Not that I wouldn't be, but like, I'm not watching any, like, sorry to the listeners. I'm not watching any Mariners games. I don't think most of the people listening to this show are RDT might be cause he's a baseball fiend, but not many people are watching their games. And so to see, that's like the one time I'm seeing him all year, unless he comes here and plays us or plays us on the road. And I'm watching or the playoffs. So, um, yeah, really cool stuff from Adley and, um, Hope all of our guys. A, a, a highlight from yesterday, as opposed to the absolute trash that went on with Felix Bautista. That that guy's a joke. Um, I think I don't know. Our social media um, um, collective team tweeted at him to come on. I'm imagining we didn't get a response, but that was no, that was no. brutal. So glad Adley was able to take the stink off of that um, last night and do his thing. Very very cool. Um, let's jump in real quick. Do we want to talk team performance at the end of the, at the end of the first half? We want to talk draft. You guys choose your own adventure. I I'll be honest. I didn't pay. I I watched the first round and I, I was like looking at the names. I was more just following the names for Spenny's like frat boy list, which we added a bunch of names to that one. Um, (laughs) I'm fine with talking about the end of the, uh, the end of the first half, because I think that's, 100% 100% something that, that needs to be addressed. I mean, on Tuesday, on 4th of July, game, you know, the Yankees hit a home run in the bottom of the first with, you know, like three pitches in. 
And it's just like, all right, it's going to be one of these games. And I remember, like, you know, I'm texting or tweeting to whoever being like, and everyone's saying it, the Orioles need the all-star break in the worst way. They're playing awful baseball right now. They look dis, they, they, they don't look interested. They look just like, like they don't want to be there. And yes, they, they need the break. They're tired, blah, blah, blah. You know, Kowser comes up. They announced Kowser's coming up. He plays in that game Wednesday. And I, I think I have to step right. Um, I think in the previous 12 games, the Orioles had scored 40 runs. After they called up Kowser going into that Wednesday game, they outscored their opponents 44 to 9. And it's like, again, that obviously it's not Colton just coming in and doing it, but him and Westberg make that lineup so good. And again, you saw it in, I mean, pick your pick poison with the blowout this week. Do you want to talk about the one with the Twins on Sunday? Do you want to talk about the one in Yankee Stadium that was arguably one of the more enjoyable wins the Orioles have had, you know, in, in, in years? I mean, that was an absolute ass kicking, and they embarrassed the Yankees at home or, you know, on the road in, in Yankee Stadium where that's, that's the Orioles getting their ass kicked. That's that's where they go to get embarrassed. Um, Bowser's been awesome. Again, Westberg is Westberg is a really good hitter. He's Now we see, like, why people were clamoring for him to come up. So, again, he's been great. Bowser has been really good. Bowser still isn't in an Orioles uniform. Um, you know, it was nice to see Hayes come back and get in a game before. All-star break. Mountcastle's back. He had an RBI and a hit on Sunday. Um, you know, Adley, I mean, the home run he hit on Sunday, like the 461, uh, the midway through the upper deck. That was incredible. Santander's hitting well. And again, we went from like, God, get this team off the field and they need to go golfing or to the beach or something right now to can we round up like a group of, of like Sandlot guys and can they play someone on Monday? Because this team is red hot and, and they, you know, you just got to keep this going. So again, they ended it about as, as hot as they could. Um, I, I what are they? 54 and 35. It is? Correct. I, again, it's been so 50, long. 54 and 35. But Hyde had some asked Hyde after the, um, that Tuesday, the 4th of July game. And he got, and he said, listen, we got, he said, he said, we're not playing good baseball right now. We have five games left. We have to play good baseball till the end of the break, and then we'll go at it from there. And, again, all they did was was score a billion runs and embarrass two different teams. I mean, they lit up Sonny Gray, who was literally just pitching in the All-Star game. You know, they lit up Domingo Herman, known, known good guy, um, who just pitched a perfect game. So it, it was awesome to see them bounce back. And, and, again, they were just hitting the shit out of ball. And, th- and this is like, again, the lineup now is so well-rounded. Whoever's in the nine hole, it's going to be Frazier, Mateo, someone like that, whatever. But the days of like, oh, punt lineup, punt lineup, there's an easy out. Like those days are done. Like this lineup is is one through nine is is absolutely solid every single night now. So, you know, it, it's it's a different guy every night, and and it's it's just the, the last five games were maybe the most fun five game stretch we've seen again since the ten game winning streak last year. So yeah, they, we needed to talk about how they ended this the the first half and. Again, I mean, just you could not have asked for a, a better end of the first half. And then hopefully, again, the next couple of weeks are going to be tough. It goes Marlins, Dodgers, Yankees. Like, that's that's not an easy, you know, three series. And then I think it raise after the Yankees. So it's going to be tough. It's, more, it's, 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 it's three at home against the Marlins, three at home against the Dodgers, at Tampa for four, at what, Philly yeah. for three. New York, back home for New York for three, at Toronto for four, home for the Mets for three, home for Houston for three. At, I mean, there's just really no let-ups there. It's, yeah, it's 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 tough. But again, if they can keep playing, you know, this ball, uh, this this good quality baseball, and again, they're hitting and they're pitching. That's, you got to give shout-outs to Cole Irvin 
and and all the other guys because they've been fucking dogs the last their, their last like you know couple starts so it, they, they they're kind of putting it together at the perfect time and and again now we, we'll see if we talked about it with the ravens the gauntlet like if they can kind of make it through the gauntlet um again uh, playing awesome baseball it was it was fun to see and it was a perfect way to end the first half one quick thought here, and then Jake, I want to hear your thoughts on on that last that last week of Orioles. I think if you're the fan base, that three game series against the Yankees at home, that's got to be three consecutive crowds over thirty five thousand. I don't know if they're giving people giving things away at those games. I don't like know the promotional schedule off the top of my head, but I mean, I mean, you can't. Re- I mean, hopefully they're great crowds for you know the Marlins are just not going to sell. There'll be some people there, whatever. Hopefully there's people there for those midweek games against the Dodgers. It's a name team. The Dodgers don't come here that much. You would think that will get crowds out. But, man, like Friday night, July 20th, July 28th, I'll be there against the Yankees. Like that, that's got to be – that's got to be I'll a be raucous, open every section type of game. And really shows the other two days, um, you know, a, a Saturday night game. Hopefully those are all nice. Those two are nice nights and then maybe it's not too hot on that. But man, you have a real chance to like put some serious butts in the seats, especially if you can kind of keep it rolling like they were. But even if you're not, even if you even if you go 500 in the eight, 11, 14 games before that, like there should be people. The other thing that they did is they took finally took advantage of the race struggles and got this down to two games. Now you're now you've gone mm-hmm. from like five or six games where it's like okay, like maybe if they slump, we can really like take advantage. Now you've taken advantage. And you're going to get him for four. And if you hold serve, you have a chance to leave Tampa as the leader of the AL East on July 23rd. So that's it, now what's in, that's now what's in play for them. I mean that that's now what they put themselves in the position to do because they figured it out down the stretch here. It that's what. So after the Yankee series again, they ended up splitting, and I had a bunch of Yankees fans in my comments being like, "Oh, you're happy you split with the Yankees." It's like, yeah, they got their teeth kicked in the first two games, and then they embarrassed guys. The, you know, yeah, like that's a good. You want to you want to split a four game series on the road. I think if you're a road team, like that's that's the goal. Um, but after that, I kind of jokingly was like, "Hey, listen, like I've just tweeted, like go to the Rays play next. The Rays had lost, I think, five in a row going into that that series, and they played the Braves, who were the hottest team that have ever played baseball right now. They got eight guys in the All Star game right now. But again, it's like, hey, listen, if the girls can take two out of three and the Rays lose two out of three again, they're going to put themselves in good position." Lo and behold, the Rays lose two out of three. The Orioles sweep. And again, it's like there was a chance where they could. They, I think they're still tied with them in the loss call, um, which again is is insane considering the 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 historic start that the Rays had. Again, it's like man, if they would have gone into that final, um, they would have gone in the All Star break one game back of the Rays. Like it that that just would have been the coolest thing. Again, I'm fine with you, but I, I'm with I'm with you, and I've talked to some of the guys like. Yeah, they were like, we need Hamden Yard back. Like, we we need the fans to get out here. And, like, we, you know, these are, they're all big series. Every series from here on out is a big series. Like, it, it, it has to be, like you said, open up, open up the, the upper left field reserves. Just open them. Like, let, let the people come. And, and we need, you need big crowds. And again, you got to get behind the guys. Did I see that they got it's, bought out by like a company or something for the, it's some upcoming stretch? I don't know. I mean, that, that would I not saw be that. I saw yeah. that on Twitter too, Jake, but I didn't like look into what I just like glance. It was like one of those things that pops up in my feed and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I didn't really like look into it was for one of I these like Friday or Saturday Marlins games. Right. It was like somebody tried to get an upper reserve seat and they're like, <laughs> they're like all booked by one company or something. I don't hate that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, as no. long as the people are, you know, there to have a good time and, you know, root on the team. Got to support the team, babe. 
Jake, any takeaways, any takeaways from that last stretch that we haven't already touched on? Yeah, like I'm generally a front office supporter, but I think this shows you like the power of actively trying to make improvements to this roster. Like it just felt like at times a little bit over the last couple of years, they've maybe been a little bit passive in that regard. And I totally get wanting to be safe with your prospects and not want to overspend, especially with an owner who I think is really probably more the issue in terms of the, uh, the balance sheet as far as this club goes. But I don't know, man. They just they make two moves with Kowser and with Westberg, and it's ignited their offense to an extent, even just from the middle or the bottom of the lineup, wherever they're uh, they're sending them out there. So I don't know. Just keep, just stay active. You, you know, you're going to keep monitoring a Corbin Burns or a Dylan Cease, and you want to, you know, you feel like you can put together a package to go and make that move. Like I, I would really like to see that happen. I just feel like they're in a good position to do something big this year. And ideally that would be more of a long-term move. And yeah, you would have to give up a little bit more, but I don't know. I just like the idea of continuing to really stay active as far as keeping this, uh, keeping this team on the right trajectory. The funny part about Kowser's impact too, is, you know, he's brought a little freshness. He's not exactly hitting the cover off the ball. He's under 200, but he's getting on base at just under 400. So he's, he's doing enough while he kind of figures out the major level. And as you started a team, I mean, West Westberg in 40 at bats is slashing 325, 400, 500. I mean, that's, I mean, it's still a small sample size, but it's a little Gunnar Henderson-esque when he came up last year in terms of the the you know adjustment to kind of impact like yeah the adjustment to um, the speed of the game. I, I agree with you, Jake. It'll be interesting to see how they handle um, continued roster improvements from outside the organization. You know, I don't know if they feel like this is the year they've like made their decisions on which of these guys they'd like to keep and which of these guys they'd like to get rid of in terms of their top prospects. Um, that that I would assume they haven't made those kind of decisions. Like, oh, now is the time we want to trade Joey Ortiz because we've seen 33 at bats from him in the majors. It's probably not enough so- sample size for the way they've done their decision making. But who knows if if the right person comes into the four and you're sitting on top of the AL East and you're like, well, maybe we've got a chance to do this right now. Maybe you make that move. Um, that will be fascinating. The, the trade deadline um, will certainly be very, very fascinating. And now don't look now, but Jackson holiday moves up to double A. Here we go. Here we the kid. go. The kid, he's coming up. The kid. I mean, yeah. It was great to, great to see that from the kid. And, you know, uh, I loved, you know, I love the fact that King Felix might get some involvement tonight. Maybe a little bit of a beast quake going to happen out there. A true legion of boom. We're going to see uh, as far as if they make some moves with this pitching staff, they're going to, you know, come in and just have a great defense. And I think Camden Yards, like it's been aching for a nickname. So maybe we'll start calling that the link. And I'm just very, very excited for, uh, for the second half of the year. I got to give a shout out to my buddy who said danger Rutch. That's what we have to call. That's good. We yeah. Call That's him another good one. Yeah. yeah. Can but, I throw a real one? quick? You go ahead. Yeah. You, know, you go. You go. You go. You go, say, you go. You go. Let, let me give you one. Let me just give you a scenario and you guys can give me one word answers. It's July 11th. If Jackson Holiday is hitting over 300 in double A by August 1st, is there any chance we see him in an Orioles uniform this year? No, I don't think so. The answer is clearly no, but man, would that be fun? I mean, that would have, that will have Twitter absolutely ablaze. There's no shot. I mean, There's the guy's no supposed to be you know, sitting in AP question. bio class and asking for a hall pass to go to the bathroom at this. I mean, like that would be, that would be historic. A guy that's still supposed to be in high school playing in the MLB. 
So I read, I read there are two guys in, in double A who are teen. Well, they, before this week, there was one guy in double A who's a teenager. Now there's two. It's Jackson Holiday and some other guy. But again, I mean, he won the Futures game. It was him and Heston Kerstad. Like, yeah. Heston, if he, does, if he doesn't have a heart ailment and after COVID, Heston Kerstad is, is maybe in the, in, maybe he's in probably, the yeah, he's like, probably on the Orioles right, right now. He's probably already in the, yeah, he's probably already in the yeah, mix. He's your we starting first base. By the way, we are definitely going to see him. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's yeah. I will bet. I will bet anyone. I I I bet the last week of August, just like Gunner, like I said, oh, Gunner got caught up. They got caught up to AAA on the same day. The same. I forget. I think it was like it was June something. But I yeah, I'm willing to bet that he will be up with the Orioles by before September, so he can be put on the roster for the playoffs. I did. I'm. I've never been so sure of something. It's gonna be like but Schwarber yeah, the with the uh, with the ACL when he just came back into the. Yeah. I think it was literally the the World Series. It was his earliest he could come back, and he came back and just started hitting bombs. Like maybe even early, obviously yeah. earlier than that, but that would be pretty sick. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's what's gonna happen. But again, the, just the fact that Jackson Holiday is in was in high A baseball, and they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna be in the Futures game with." And I mean, it was every other top prospect in baseball. It was incredible. Like they said, L.A. De La Cruz wasn't even, he didn't start. Like he was not in the Futures game last year. I don't think they've got that wrong. I, there was some stat about where like they were comparing him to Jackson and being like, he was not, Jackson did something L.A. De La Cruz didn't last year or something like that. But it, again, it's just, it's incredible. I know he, he had a bad June holiday, but he's bounced back. I mean, he's, he's a freak. The kid's a freak. So I, I just thought it was really cool to see him in the futures game with a bunch of double, you know, guys who have been a double and a ton triple A guys who again, we're probably going to see later this summer. So just, I think that just speaks to him and the kind of player he is, who he's going to be. Hopefully. Manny Machado got to the bigs at 19. Guy was decent. That's also, I think, I think there should be a big crowd Friday to see Colton and his guys. Like I think, I also said it's kind of the immovable, um, unmovable, ob- movable object. Immovable. The, what's, what's the other? Immovable versus what is it? What's Unstoppable the other line force. Here? So Colton is now freight trains, a, brick walls, normal. tornadoes, volcanoes, things of that nature. You know. <laughs> yeah. So so Colton has never lost in an Oriole uniform. Friday night is a home game. They're wearing the City Connects. Something's got to give. Like, something has to something's give. Something's got to give. Some, someone, someone's always got to go. I don't know. Those those City Connect uniforms are like uh, Anton Sugar and No Country for Old Men. I just feel like they're they're just uh, an I'm ethereal well, force. Just absolutely. I seen it yet. Yeah. Well, that's uh, this is. I know this is falling on deaf ears for as far as this crowd, but I'm sure some listeners will appreciate that. So. I think that's like half of the references you – well, not half. Like 80% of the things that you say are like things that the listeners are doing. I mean, RDT just stare at you like you have 600 heads. I work some – I'll work in some, you know, some entourage and some office. <laughs> and, you know, I, I try to I try to lob some softballs here and there too, so. Um, I will quickly – I don't know how, you know, RDT touched on the draft. I will quickly touch on the Orioles draft just based on the fact that I watched a lot of the draft with our Maryland um, – all of our Maryland stuff going on. So I was sort of how many guys, how many turf got drafted? A lot. Seven, which is the second wow. most ever. Yeah. They had, that's, that's they, crazy. They, had, they had eight in 2015, but that was a 40 round draft. Now they had seven of those guys in the top 20 rounds. So it was like a similar number that was post super regional. Um, but none of those guys got picked in like the, it got picked like Sean, the first round, Brandon Lau, all former all-star. Now, unfortunately a guy that is struggling for the race, Brandon Lau uh, was, Hey, the, uh, I, if there's a play he wants to come where I think he could get fixed. Yeah, you know, it's true. Just it's true. He did sign long term. You know. 
Um, I don't. I, I went through the Orioles um, draft picks today uh, before um, we got on just to see if I had anything to say about anybody. I will talk about two guys that I that I watched. Um, and then you can go to a million other podcasts or blogs or things to find out way more about the MLB draft in this show. Enrique Bradfield Jr., the number one pick for the Orioles, is an incredibly exciting player. He is like an 80 speed, like plays a dynamite center field, and it's very easy to find highlights of him like stretching things into doubles and making ridiculous plays um, in center field. He is a guy that I think is perfect for the yeah, stealing home. He is a guy that I think the Orioles can make into a good enough hitter to either be a guy they bring up and have play center field every day. They don't necessarily have in the system like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm missing somebody already. Like the out and out center fielder. Like mm. this guy is like a dynamite. You could stick him in center field right now in the major leagues, and he could play defense. Could he hit for you? Probably not right now, but he could absolutely play center field. And if he got on base, he could. He in this new you know, with the bases and everything going on, he's going to have the ability to steal 50 bases in the big leagues if he can get there. Um, and so I have to, I have to, uh, I think I liked that pick um, for them. Um, he's a, he's a very, very good player. So excited for that. And he brings just a little bit of a different element to some of the guys the Orioles have recently drafted, but they stayed consistent again in the first round. They took another super experienced college bat that has a ton of experience at that level. They have just not shied away from that in any draft. They are taking college bats and um, with, with like a lot of the guys they've taken in the past though have, have had clear like power um, like, like Kershad, you know, Adley Enrique Bradfield's not really that guy, but man, in today's, you know, with today's stuff with the speed and everything, he, he's got the ability to be really good. The only other guy I really watched was Riley Cooper, who pitched for LSU a ton in the um, College World Series and just seemed like a dog the entire time. So shout out to him mm-hmm. and shout out to the fact that his namesake is also a former Florida wide receiver. Yeah. So shout out to Urban Meyer. He's just, you know, he's got his tendrils and everything above the line. Yeah. Lessons in life and leadership. You love to see that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um. But yeah, a lot of college guys. They only took. I don't know if they took a high school kid. I don't think that they no, did. They, they ended they up taking one, two, right? like late. Two. They took two. Oh, oh yeah, Otoka High School. Colin Ritchie. I had not scrolled down to see him. Um, but I think that's the only one. North Green North Greenville University. Maybe that's a high school. <laughs> no, four year high school senior. Let's see. Oh, Lone Lonez High School. Cray Cray lots maybe. Outfielder. So. Oh yeah, Q Q R A Y, right? Q A Y. Yeah, I, I was. I, yeah. Apologies to Cray if that's not how you pronounce that. Um, but yeah, so the Orioles, uh, they've continued to draft unbelievably well every single year. Let's see what Cray is committed to here. He's committed to Northwest Florida College. That means he's probably signing. Um, and it sounds like the 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 pitcher they took from Texas. Do you know him? name um yes the pitcher they took from texas is tanner witt who was a highly sought after guy but blew his elbow out before the year mm-hmm. so i think so he's sounds- like he could sign but he could go back because he now maybe the orioles would go like over slot with him and pay him enough to get him to sign but he could go back and try to like you know move up in the draft next year um but he was like a top 100 prospect but you know he was obviously 71 has, yeah 71. has 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 injury concerns so that um, um 
trying to tons of great else. tons of great names though for for them. Braxton Bragg, Zach Fruit, Teddy Sharkey, Tavin <laughs> Josenberger, Kiefer Lord, Jackson Ballmeister, Mac Horvath. I mean Blake Money, Michael Ford. I mean it's just like Zane Barnhart. They took a guy from Zane Barnhart from Hillsdale College. It's a little uh, little family guy, Virgil Mastercard, heir to the Mastercard <laughs> fortune. Yes, yes. How do you do, sir? The um, what was his name? Blake Money. Is that who Blake it was? Money. <laughs> you you know who his brother is, right? Yes, Cash Money. Cash Money from the Little League World Series. Yeah. Um, not David Money but, from American Ninja Warrior, famously. Not. I don't think it's him. Um. But Bradfield, my only, I, again, I didn't, I remember watching him at Vandy. I think it was two years ago, play, like when in the College World Series, uh, when we actually, Looney's College Park before the Maryland, was it UConn game they played? I forget who, I forget which game that we went to with our, with yeah. our credential passes. That Kyle Rajat still has mine, so he could go to the game the next day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Shout I just blew your cover, Taylor. Shout out to the game, man. Okay, I know, man. That was, they, they would have let everybody in. We could edit that out. Um, but no, I think Harold Reynolds was like this guy. He, he said he's a legit 70, 80 stolen base guy in the like. And it also, I'll tell you this, it got my wheels turning. Like, do we see a little Gerard Dyson in, in the in October if you can get him on the roster? And like, hey, you need you need a defense, you know. Thanks, Ryan McKenna. Thanks for everything, but you need defense and speed guy. Come on up, buddy. Like, if you want to steal some bases. Um, but no, and it was cool because again, him and um him and Kobe Mayo played together. I think somebody was it Jake? No, one of my buddies Tyler texted me. He goes, "Oh yeah, did you see that Kobe Mayo and, and Bradfield played together?" And I'm thinking high school. And then Kobe Mayo posted this picture of an under eleven U, you know, eleven U championship team. And it's like, oh, this team is probably the fucking best team in the world. Like, holy shit! So it's you know, it, it's in, he's definitely an exciting pick again. I don't know, I know much about him coming into it. Here's his career stats at Vandy: three eleven. 426 on base percentage, 447 slugging, 873 OPS, 31 doubles, 11 triples, 15 home runs, stole 130 bases and 143 attempts. So again, I he's he's a guy that I'm, I'm excited to see the Eagles get in this lab and kind of mess with him and see if they can get some power out of him. Again, if not, it sounds like sounds like a perfect leadoff hitter. He sounds like Cedric Mullins. I was going to say know, the Cedric Mullins power. contract situation. That's it. Just got a little more interesting, I think. His plate discipline. Yeah, but- his plate discipline is also really good. He doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have courtesy of of my pal Connor Newcomb here. Sent me his thread of all of the, or earlier of um, the Hillsdale College guys. So now I'm looking at his thread of all of the uh, the breakdowns. This guy's got his pulse on college baseball. More more walks than strikeouts for Bradfield. He only had a 12 percent chase rate. He's a guy that um, he. I think you know Gerard Dyson is like an inc- and it's like. I don't even think that's the floor he'll get to. Like he is going to be, I think, a person that at his worst is going to be like a you know a guy that can give you a great defensive center field and then you know bat eighth or ninth and at his best could be a table setter for a stacked Orioles lineup, um, or could be a guy they develop and end up trading. I mean that's now where we are with some of these guys. So um, I also love it now that I'm looking through this. Mac Horvath, the guy they took from UNC, has a ton of power. Um, in the mm-hmm. They got so. the uh, one the sign the seal of approval from one John Minadakis. Shockingly, uh, oh, I te- I texted Johnny immediately and I was like, "You're UNT boy," and he said, "I think he said he talked to one of the coaches and the coaches were like, 
you're gonna love this guy apparently I, I still didn't watch it apparently there's an interview of him after unc either got eliminated or lost like one of the you know their last game and it was just like the they were like the interview is gonna make you love him like you know so much more and he gave just like a great interview um he was i'm excited about i'm looking while you look i had somewhere while you look eric Jackson Baumeister, who they took from Florida State in the in the, in the competitive balance round B, that's the earliest pitcher they've taken under Elias at 63. Pretty crazy. So, so I was going to say, they ended up taking, I think it was like 13 of 20 guys were pitchers. And again, yeah, like they loaded up pitchers. on them in the back half. It took a lot um, of pitchers. 20 college players, two high school, 13 pitchers, nine position players. Yeah. So again, that then that's from Jacob Calvin Meyer. Um Day three included three big name new big name programs, few JUCO guys, blah blah blah, high school hitters. Um, yeah, I think I think the Orioles also took the earliest high school hitter. No, that may have been someone else. I'm getting everything mixed up, but yeah, they, I'm kind of this would be the year that maybe they go for a pitcher in the first round. Um, they obviously didn't, but again, they loaded up on, on guys. So again, we we've seen Elias college bats, college bats, college bats, and followed that, and then again, they kind of veered off, and and because again, it's like you look at their system. Not all college bats they need. There's a ton of them, so it's it'll be exciting to see what they do with these pitchers. But again, I'm not. I can't give you like I'm not going to give you a Mel Kiper. Oh, they knocked the draft out of the out of the park. But I I saw after the first day someone who covers it a lot better than I did named the Orioles one of the top five winners of the draft of that day. So I'm I'm pretty excited. It's it's going to be fun. And I will. Uh, we got to track down I, our guy uh, Zach Goodman. What's he up to these days? Oh yeah, yeah. We should get them on. We should have. To, yeah, we should talk to him about that. Um, but I do, I do have. It's not breaking news, but I believe it's first reported here. Um, Bradfield did tell me, um, and I quote, when I said, "Do you like crab cakes?" Or the direct answer, quote, "Yes." Mm. So we we have that on the books. There you go. Who wow. told me that? Tell him to tell him to come on down to the pod. We love having the the young guys on. Yeah. Touching said, tribute to uh, Victor Victor Mesa there too. I said you're in luck, buddy. Yeah, RIP to Victor Victor Mesa. I also have to. I also am gonna have to. If we get Enrique on the show, I'm gonna have to apologize for him because I was rooting against him heartily when the Terps played Vanderbilt in a game in Minnesota, um, and he <laughs> had the biggest hit of the game and hit a home run the first pitch of the game. So <laughs> great, uh, great, great social media presence from him, by the way. Uh, he has he brutal, a little bit of a Carl he seems like a, he seems like a great kid tweet there. He does seem like a great kid. The uh, he had the sometimes in life. I don't really give a shit or whatever. When he was literally like 12 years old, that was great. Um, I don't but know. What I'm about just, him wishing? Uh, I wish everyone else has bitches or something like that. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Don't I get that kind of love. It. I was like, man, that's everyone wants. That's great. Everyone wants bitches for themselves. Nobody wishes bitches on other people. So again, he's that kind of guy. The team leadership, and of yeah. course, uh, yeah, one hundred percent team leadership. But again, and uh, the big takeaway from it was the um, um, him calling Mike Elias first, which I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Did see that? Love that. That was good. That was. Uh... I, took that, I, <laughs> I took that blog and just kind of ran with it, where I was like, "This is a guy who wanted to be here," and I was like, "I think he just called him first. Like, but yeah. people were like. What great manners. That's the guy I want on my team. And look at that, you know, leadership and blah, blah, blah. It says a lot about him. And I was like, I think I think Elias is like taking a piss and like didn't call him. And, and so he called him back. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the speed because, again, it's it sounds like, you know, he it, it kind of sounds like an Jorge Mateo with the awful, awful bat. So we'll, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited. And, to, to see and, Jorge, and Jorge Mateo can play center field. 
Like it's a game changing speed in center field, which is just different yeah. than it being a shortstop. And the Orioles have enough shortstops. Um, they got they got enough of a lot of things. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about the draft is I think it, you know they got linked to pitchers. I think just because it's like oh they've taken a ton of hitters now they have to take a pitch early. There was like a clear pitcher prospect. Two things. There was like a clear pitcher prospect drop off from the like skeins and then even like Rhett Louder from Wake Forest and some Wake of the Forest. high school guys to like a Hudson Woldruff from Florida. So that's part of it. And the other thing is teams are figuring this out. It's such a bigger risk to take a pitcher early in the draft than a hitter. The teams are just going to – I think teams are starting to figure this out where it's like let's take the more sure thing, which is normally the college bat, sometimes like you know the really elevated high school bat as opposed to like the high school pitcher that throws 98 – or the you know either make that kid go to college or take them later and, and like they're just not I just think teams are catching on to the fact that you know I don't know I, the days of like you know high school pitcher X going number one I just don't think that's happening at this point I mean I'm sure it will because there'll be somebody that'll come up and a high school pitcher went let's see the earliest high school pitcher went tenth so it's not like they're not going high but it's just a bigger risk to take a pitcher and you see that one two three four. Five pitchers in the first round. I mean, just, yeah. So, um, all right. Let's move on to the starting five draft uh, presented by Fed Thrill. Um, you can get your you can get your discount up for, for that. I can't talk. You can get your Fed Thrill discount, X52. Use the promo code at checkout. Um, it continues to be blazing hot with suns all over the place. Um, so make sure to get your Fed Thrill sunglasses representing a variety of Maryland styles. So perfect. A, a local uh, company that supports us and we love supporting them. So use the promo code EXIT52 at checkout. Um, admittedly, fellas, we thought of our starting five draft right before the show, which is an EXIT52 tradition. Um, the the uh, listeners are just getting fully brought into the production process of the show today. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a fun one. We are going to just draft our favorite of all of the Orioles in history that have been named All-Stars. Makes a lot of sense. We're doing the All-Star game tonight, so why would we not, not do this? Um, so we're going to draft Orioles All-Stars. Let me randomize a draft order for you fine gentlemen here. Random draft pick generator is one of my uh, main searches here on Google. Um, so that just can we go to the same exact link every single time? Um, not a ton going on in the All-Star game right now. By the way, I don't know yeah, if you guys have. Yeah, it. Cano is warming up, which that's kind of cool. It's really cool. Again, you, for, you know, really cool for Kenley know, Jansen to get the nod there too. His closer. I haven't seen enough of that guy in the last decade. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um. So some I, I forget it was one of the Orioles beat guys, and they said, "How cool is it that Near Cano can go down the All Star red carpet before he's run down the Orioles opening day orange carpet." Mm. Which is, I mean, again, you think, wow, it, like, it's crazy. It's nuts. So cool. Good for him. That is crazy. Uh, for the second consecutive week, RDT, you have the first pick. Um, I have the second. I have the second pick, and Jake, you uh, have the wraparound to start it out. So, Reach around. Uh, <laughs> yes, as some would say. Wow. Um, RDT, take it away. We're taking Cal. We're go- we're going eight. Sure. We're going. We're going the Iron Man. The Iron Man. Um, yesterday was the anniversary of the the home run that 
I tweeted that video out, and people are still tell me grooved. I've never seen a pitch thrown that fast by Chan Ho Park. That thing had to be at least 101, maybe 102. Just buzzing. Um, get the meatball talk out of here. Um, you got that. I mean, he has all these other great all-star moments, but I, I still think my favorite Cal all-star moment is A-Rod moving him to shortstop, which was the coolest. I still, It's just such a cool moment, and getting that about last year was pretty cool, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you got, I got to go with Cal. have to. has to be eight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty clearly the number one pick, no matter what kind of reasoning you're drafting for here. Um, I am going to take Adam Jones with the second pick. I love Adam Jones. I love that he's doing his podcast. I love that he's kind of out there on Twitter still and kind of getting after it. I think um, he has an amazing media career ahead of him as far as he would like to take it. Uh, and I think, and I took him partly because I would like to campaign for him to take over as the on-field interviewer at the home run derby. I think that is the type of guy mm. you need on the field in those moments to, to talk to the guys and um, who's been around. So ESPN, you, I'm sure know where to find Mr. Jones. Bring him on the field instead of Buster only. Um, but other than that, incredibly exciting Oriole, guy that people in Baltimore love um, and who loves uh, tweeting at RDT. So that's you know why he, he, um, he also finds himself here. So I'm going to take AJ10. You have two, Jake. Interesting. I'm going to start us off here with uh, one steady Eddie Murray. Holding it down there at first base. Uh, just one of the all-time great player aesthetics in any sport, in any era. Eddie Murray is just one of the coolest players ever. So I'm going to go with him. A little bit of a sentimental pick for me. Always been uh, always been a huge Eddie guy. So I'm going to go with him as my first rounder. That's what you were drinking last night, right? Steady Eddie. Yeah, I will, yeah. Steady Eddie. Yeah, exactly. So the even bigger tie-in. Great beer from uh, Union, too. Steady Eddie's good. It is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to go with one James Palmer, Jimmy P. Mm, yeah, good pick. Yeah, that's Jim. Jim's James. another one of my guys. Just, uh, you know, a, a guy's guy, real a real classic. Uh, just, you know, uh, a great dude to have in the booth still. And it's a fucking it's a treasure that we still get to have him uh, at his age. The, the fact that he's still super sharp and such a great analyst is uh, a great thing. And anyone who wants to uh, to talk down on him is going to have to go through me. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, Jim Palmer, Jim Palmer, it's amazing that he's looked the same for 20 years. Yeah, good I think he him. might have had some help in that department, but yes. Well, do what you have to do, Jimmy. Do sure. what you have to do. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably do Everyone the same. Gets both Everyone gets it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay modern here just to just kind of continue that trend because he had a great moment on uh, All-Star Week. I'm taking Miguel Tejada. Won the home run derby. Um, and in that era of Orioles baseball, that was pretty much as good as it got. So I always have fond memories of that um, of that moment. So um, taking Mr. Tejada, who um, really made his mark in Baltimore during his time here. So um, I will get him. And when him and, and when him and B Rob, I'm giving away a pick, but I know, you know, I'm, he's we got the whole list in front of us, so I'm not really giving away a pick. <laughs> Them starting the All-Star game as the middle infield was a moment for me. Like, as an mm -hmm. Orioles fan at that age, they weren't, you know, they kind of had that good first half to get those guys there, and that was really, really cool when those guys were both starting. So, 
That is an era where from 2001 to 2011, the Orioles had one all-star in every year but 2005 when they had four. <laughs> Sheesh. Tough times. Uh, RDT of two. I'm going Mike Messina with this one. That's your guy. I, I like I love Moose. I've always loved Moose. Um, again, it was BS. He didn't he didn't pitch. Cito sucks. You know, getting him up to warm up in '93 and and not putting him in, kind of a BS move if you ask me. Especially with it being in Baltimore. Um, and again, he was just so damn good. Again, and like he's one of the guys where it's like people today realize what a dog he was and like what an animal he was. He was just he was a monster. He was so good, so much fun to watch. So I am going Moose with one. And ba, 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 ba. who do I want to go with? Take Adam. Um, take Manny Machado. It was just it's it's it was always just fun watching him out there, um, dicking around with the guys, taking the selfies with them. Um, again, he was just he was just so good. He was so he was so much fun to watch and. He doesn't have any like standout all-star moments that you can really remember. But again, it was always just awesome seeing him there, like being mentioned as one of the best players in baseball because he was so because he made what one, two basically a year that, that he was he made it one, two, three, I think four times what, as an four? Oriole. It was like every year. Yeah. yeah, it was every year he didn't tear up his knee. He was basically in the all-star game. So going on that one. Um, let's see. What do I want to do with this pick? Um, I mean, he, he's got he's got to be selected. So I'll go back and I'll get Brooks Robinson. Take Brooks. Get him on Great the squad. Pick. He probably should have gotten drafted way higher than this. So we won't let him slide any further just out of respect. Uh, one of the all-time great Orioles. Exciting at third base. Legend around the city for multiple generations. Um... And a guy that, that that keeps on kicking. So shout out, shout out to Brooks. What a, what an incredible career. Um, and like I said, probably should have gotten taken higher, but we have some modern skews that we did, and that's fine. So love that Brooks on my team. Love Brooksy. That's a that's a, that's a steal in the third round there. Nice job. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're we're celebrating in our uh, in our war room here in uh, in Fed Hill. Yeah. No, he's actually calling you first. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, we just got off the phone while yeah. RDT was talking about Manny Machado. Right. So, uh, Jake, you have two picks here, nine and ten. I'm going to close out the third rounder with a sentimental one, and uh, it's a sentimental one for Banks too. I'm going to go with Chris Davis, uh, just as a guy. Like I know it didn't end great, and like we have our jokes about him and everything, but like I didn't really fall in love with the Orioles until the Buck era. Like you know, I was born in '95. I lived out of state for a couple years, and then I came back in 2006 or so. And um, yeah, it was. That 2012 team, it just fucking captured my imagination. And then he didn't even—he didn't really break out into what into crush Davis really until the next year in 2013. I feel like when he hit all those homers and mm-hmm. kind of kept following it up and following it up, and he had the Adderall thing and all that. But just what a fucking character, man! What a guy that makes you fall in love with a team. And you know, he's just big jack dude. He's got the dip in and just fucking hitting bombs. Like just a guy that you can really get behind. And I was a big Chris Davis guy, and I still am. Uh, it was great to hear him on the Adam Jones podcast that it continues to get a uh, promotion on this podcast inexplicably, but he, he was great to hear on that and uh, glad to hear he's doing well after a, a, a tough ending, like I said, but a uh, big, big crush guy. So I got to pick him. Got to help out RDT's guy, Jerry. Right. Yeah, exactly. Every, we can help out Jerry in every way we can. Yeah. 
God knows because banks because because of how much banks hates them. We we, we, we try to pick up the slack on the other side. <laughs> that's not a real hate. That's banks just being banks. You know, he's he's got to have his little little spats with people. Um, amazing that Chris Davis did not make the All Star game in um, 2015 when he hit 47 home runs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only made it once when he hit 53. I mean. That's. I would love to know how many guys in Major League history have hit 45 plus in a year and didn't make the All Star game. I, I don't remember the machinations of the season. Maybe he came on late. I'm sure that's probably what it was. Forgive me for the the more dedicated people who can who can pick that out. But that is pretty incredible to not have made an All Star game when you almost hit 50. Mm. 50 Johns. Um, Jake, you have one more here. I feel like I've been uh, going through the generations here, and I'm going to go with uh, our current guy. I'm going to go with Adley Rutschman. Just feels like this is the coming out party, and you gotta you gotta take a modern guy, and who better to take than the the face of the franchise right now? I'm gonna go with uh, the Dadley. Apple sticky notes um, <laughs> autocorrects him to Adley Dutchman. Nice. So there you have it. The flying the flying Dutchman. The fly, flying Rutchman. Yep. Yeah, good pick. I mean, yeah, Adley's and he's a friend of the show. You have to get we have to get him on. Here. Sure is. He's coming in. He's coming in right now too to catch Cano. Hell yeah! Oh, there you go. Are we doing stand up for cancer? Did they just do stand up for cancer. Yeah, yeah, they just stand up for cancer. It's always a very so they went back commercial, so they'll be back out there. He's also had a hit while they were interviewing some guy in the dugout, and they just didn't talk about it. And people are mad <laughs> online. It is you got it. Those things are going to happen in the All Star game. You just, you just. I know it's, it's like keep getting. By the way, the people last night. The P. I have to get this in. The people last night getting mad because they didn't know the rule that now you or maybe they're just not following the rule where the ball has to land and guys can just hit home runs. I just don't I didn't know. that rule just either doesn't exist or it's fine if they don't use it. Just let them hit as many home runs as possible. Like mm-hmm. let me tell you what, if you're if you're online and you're getting mad about the home run derby rules, you <laughs> might have to really reconsider what you're doing. Um yeah. let's see. I am good <sighs> you know I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Melvin Mora. I always loved Melvin Mora, two-time All Star under the radar, and just taking care of his kids. Good for Melvin Mora. Fun Oriole during a really bad time in the franchise, but that's a lot of my time following the franchise, and I'm getting him on my team. So shout out to shout out to Double M. Shout out to uh, shout out to Sean and Michael McNulty. I think maybe they were only speaking roles in the wires arguing about Melvin Mora. What's the wire? Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. I knew that was. I I knew that was for an audience of one there. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get killed for that. Um, uh, I saw Melvin Mora at Towson Mall eating with like all ten of his kids. I love that. I oh, love everything about that. Like, that's so cool. There's Melvin. RDT of two. As you near Cano takes the mound in the All Star game. What a moment. Yeah, these are my last two, right? Yes. Yep. Um, bu- 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 bum. I'll take. I'll. I'll go John Means in 2019. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Um, for him to come out of nowhere again that year. I think he's, you know started in the bullpen again. Dog shit team, just awful team. <laughs> Bad team. And that was that was the team that we thought Trey was going to go that year. I remember like I had a text literally typed out, and I was going to. It was the day that they were announcing the teams, and I literally was going to say. Don't answer back if you're if you got picked to the team. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this before the rosters came out. And then it came out that he didn't make the team, and we were all mad. Again, we were mad that that Trey didn't make the team, but I I felt bad because it kind of overshadowed 
means getting picked for the team, which is an awesome moment, again, for the guy, you know, drafted out of West Virginia, uh, who's making LinkedIn a year before because he's, I don't think baseball is going to be it for me, you know, and stuff like that. And then again, he ends up making the all-star team. And I'll still never forgive Alex Cora for not pitching him. So it's always on site if I see Alex Cora. Um, again, something about Orioles pitchers just not getting in the all-star games. But I thought that was a really cool moment. Um Again, a guy that grinded his ass off, which his ass off, and was awesome that year. Um, and has been good, you know, he was good up until the injury. So let's hope he can come back. Uh, so I'm going John Means with that one. And then I'm going the 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 walking. I mean, it's just the joke of all jokes. We're going Ty Wigington. And yeah, somebody had to tag him. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. I mean, I couldn't let him sit there any longer. It's, I mean, what can you say about Ty Wigington that, that you know, hasn't already been said? Just an awesome <laughs> all-around here person i guess i don't know like i wanted to go back and look up stats the other day because i wrote the blog about how i think it's bs that every team is representative for the all-star team and i don't think that that should be possible i, I don't think it should be a thing but um and again it's ty wigginson is a perfect example of that like and people are like oh well you know they want every fan base to tune in if you're a casual fan like i think casual Tano just Orioles posed on medals and we have uh coming across the wire with what I think oh, Cano just posed about. on Matt Olson. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. It's great to see. Love that. Yeah. Oh, Olson's one. Olson got pissed about it in um in yeah in, uh, Atlanta too. Yeah, a that's that's, ago, that's a callback or whatever. Yep, there it is. He um, just diced him. Yeah, you hate to see it uh, with Adley catching him. I think, but yep, yep, Adley's um, catching. Oh, and he gets hit in the dick. Oh, I hate Jesus, that. Get him man. out of the game. Oh man, um, <laughs> that sucks. But. Yeah, Ty Wigginton. Like, no casual fan in 2010 was tuning in to be like, oh, I got to watch the game because Ty Wigginton, you know, going to play third for an inning. Like, nobody nobody cares. But, um, yeah. Ty of course it's, by the way, of course this is Castellanos here. Yeah. Yeah, get ready <laughs> oh, for. Oh, uh, yeah. Adley gets hit in the dick, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. They just, they just exchange some pleasantries there, which was nice. I don't know if I'll be putting this headset on again. <laughs> what is he thinking right now? Um, I have one more pick, and I'm going to take the person that was my first ever Oriole shirt back in my early childhood. I'm taking Jim, I'm taking Jimmy Key. Jimmy. Oh, yep. Also okay. makes one of the great random. This is Sports Center commercial appearances of all time. <laughs> yes. Jimmy Key. What's he like? Forty five. Forty. I could hit him. I could hit him. One of the yeah. great. This is Sports Center commercials. Uh, so Jimmy Key has to get on there for both of those reasons, and he joins my team here at number fourteen. Jimmy Key, what's he like? Forty-five. I can hit him. Can hit Amazing. Him. Finish <laughs> it off, Jay. Great, oh, sorry, great. No, you're great. great. I'm just I'm gushing about it. It's so good. I'm gonna go with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Big Shot Bob Turley. 1954, first sure. ever All Star, Baltimore Oriole. Wow, Bobby T. Yep, after they moved over from St. Louis, he was their other uh, first All-Star, their only one that year. Maybe this was a participation trophy thing, and you know they needed to send one guy. I'm sure that's how the All-Star game worked at the time. So big shot Bob Turley is my fifth pick. Bobby. You forget. They do. All righty, RDT takes Cal Ripken Jr., Mike Mussina, Manny Machado, John Means, and Ty Wigginton. I took Adam Jones, Miguel Tejada. Brooks Robinson, Melvin Mora, and Jimmy Key. Jimmy Key, what's he like? 45. Eddie Murray, Jim Palmer, uh, Brooks, or excuse me, uh, Adley Rushman, 
um, Chris Davis and Big Shot Bob Turley. Yep. Go on to Jake's team. Uh, I mean, the, everyone knows all the album mentions. You could just look up this list. Um, I considered taking Robbie Alomar at one point. Didn't take him. Uh, talk about talk about a good guy. No, uh, no Frank Robinson, no Boog Powell. I noticed. Um, yeah, Frank I almost took as well, but yeah. you know I just rather take Robbie Alomar. Chris, Hill, Chris Tillman was a favorite of mine. That was Bain. fun when he when he got when he made an All Star team. I always loved Chris Tillman. That was cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, George Sherrill made an all-star game. BJ Ryan made an all-star game. Tony Batista represented the Orioles in the all-star game. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Honestly, when the Orioles have been bad the last few years, their all-stars run has not been awful. 2017, Jonathan Scope. 2018, Manny Machado. 2019, John Means. 2021, Cedric Mullins. 2022, Jorge Lopez. Not horrible. Jorge yeah, Lopez looking old. better by the by the year. Yeah. Um. All right, good stuff there. As uh, Mr. Cano continues to work in the All Star game, two outs, one on. Um, Nick Kaner Medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh, Jake, this always catches me off guard. Can somebody else go first? This is the, oh that God. is that is the banks. That is what that is what Brian does every single week. When <laughs> yeah. we used to do this, we used to just do the three of us. Yeah. I would throw it to him, knowing he didn't have anybody, and then I could see the look on his face, and then I'd move on to Eric. Yep. But I'm glad you filled that role. That was like an Oscar-winning performance right there. You did exactly what he would do every single, except you were way no, more. Brian. Brian would he would like he'd be like uh, I feel like he tries to like come up with something on the spot. I, I'm being yeah, honest about you it. You were just honest and transparent, which I appreciated. Yeah, he would go ah, uh, and I'd be like RDT. So RDT, go ahead. I'm trying to find his real name. I, I mean, I, I'm going with King Felix. It has King Felix. He's my 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 um, what's it called? Nick Kenner Medley Man of the Week. Um, just an awesome again. Super pumped for him to be in the All Star Game. It's his nickname. You know, and and he had to deal with that fucking loser comment. I'm trying to find his name. That fucking crumb. We, we don't have to say his Dork. name. You don't have to say his name. He doesn't deserve his name. Softy. Softy is his Twitter name. That well, that really was his name on Twitter. I I literally thought that was one of the most unprofessional like things that you could have ever done. And he did it to Otani. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the guy who ambushed Bautista, being like, "Hey, hey, Felix, uh, uh we Orioles social team called you King Felix." And where you could clearly see, A, that Felix Bautista does not speak English well, does not understand it well, uses a translator for a reason. And then he's like, uh, I don't know. And the guy goes, yeah, we'll, we'll tell the media, the social media team to knock it off. And he's just getting ethered from every corner of the internet. And I've never been so happy. Well, he's doing the really he's cool thing where he's acting like, oh man, this is the greatest day of my Like, no, dude, you're just, you're not a fucking provocateur. Like you're not, this like, this isn't some shtick. Like this clearly bothered you. Like it did. And you're a yeah. fucking whatever, yeah. however many years over 40 years old you are clearly. And this is bothering you for some reason. And you're for some reason taking it out on some dude who's worked to get to the fucking pinnacle of his profession from literally fucking nothing. And to your point, does not speak great English and is probably uncomfortable with you putting a camera in his fucking face. I don't know. That just really did not did not sit right with me. These fucking large adult son type figures that, you know, work their way into somebody else's special moment. It's just a, it, it didn't sit well. That is my Maryland not person of the week. Yeah. It's also I mean, just you nailed it. You said it as well as it can be said, I'll just add that it's like you're down. You have this, uh, this guy, I don't know who this guy, uh, who this guy is. 
obviously it's some sort of Seattle personality, but you've gotten this access to the greatest players in the game. And that's like your move to just like score some cheap points with Seattle fans that are mad about King Fee. Like just a bizarre, just bizarre. And as you rightly said, RDT got ethered online for the entire night last night. I even te- I I texted um, Andy Casca of the uh, banner who was one of the tweets ethering him or one of the early tweets ethering him, and I was like, "Thank you for tweeting that." <laughs> um, like he did it perfectly too. He worded it very like he he just like laid perfectly, it out. Like, what perfectly. Are you, what are you doing, dude? Like and and I what are you doing? Perfect. I, I just yeah. thought it was it was the most unprofessional things I've ever seen. It like a credential that like like that's you know what it is. That's like an old like Jimmy Kimmel or like Jimmy Fallon like. You know, it's like it's like the um who was it um Guillermo who used to send out to like the NBA finals to like ask like dumb questions like that. That's exactly what it was. I could not believe that he did that. And yeah, like you said, Jake, he's like walking around with his chest puffed out. He's like, oh look at me, like I'm getting all the clicks and blah blah blah. People are mad at this. It's all, it's all like number one, you dork. Nobody in Baltimore calls him that. The social media team called him that twice as like a joke to make fun of the Mariners when they lost. And, and I was telling people last night. I didn't care about Mariners before two days ago. Now I I hope nothing good happens for them. I hope everything bad happens. I've already been like, kind of good on them a little bit with Winker wow. and things of that nature. Like some some of their guys, I'm not huge on. So it's it, it seems a little bit in keeping at this point. If we're being honest, if, if there's one team that Orioles fan can be like, hey, sit out, listen, sit down and count the rings. It's it's the Mariners. You can yeah. be like, listen, we got three three rings, baby. Yep, three it's rings. Like, yep. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. So yeah, fuck, fuck, yeah. I'm, I'm over that. Like that's, that was a joke. That was such a joke. But I, and credit Felix for, I just handle. I thought he handled it very well. He probably didn't know what was happening. But again, like he could have. I mean, it, it was just insane. It was insane. I hate it, dude. So I think uh, Austin Hayes had a little fun with it on Instagram after, which was uh, good to see too. Oh, what did he say? I didn't see that. He. Uh, <laughs> It was something about Adley, and he was like, "Great to see the kid having a good performance tonight." Which was, uh, that wow. was you know, that was going around with a lot of people. But the fact that he called onto it was cool to see. Yeah, that's funny. I know the team was aware of it. I definitely know that, and they're like, "We're we're looking up some stuff right now." So, um, Jake, would you like me to go because I have one, or would you do you have it? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably just go with Adley Rutschman. It, it just felt like a a coming out party, truly, for the guy uh, on a national stage. And it feels like it, it feels like we've had a couple different culmination points with this guy in his career, and you know the progression of watching it over four years, which has been really cool. But this just felt like uh, he's he's advanced to another level here, and uh, I'm sure it'll continue. But this was uh, certainly a big milestone for him. So, yeah, no doubt. I mean, what, we we've pretty much said it all, but it is. Um um, he, yeah, he just keeps hitting all the things. Um, my one is a, a twofold one, and um, I don't know who to talk about first. It's hard for me sometimes when all of my people just keep being this successful, uh, um, to you know sometimes choose, but I, I'll go with you know both of them. Um, and RDT, RDT always loves when I go down these rabbit holes. Jake, you haven't experienced as many of these, but I have to give it to um, my girls, Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift this week, who just are dominating music. Another number one single for Olivia off of her second album. I've been, you know, you know, 
early on the Oliver Rodrigo train, and the train just continues to thrive here as Vampire knocks Morgan Wallen off of his 13-week perch from the Billboard Hot 100. Shout out to shout out to Morgan, another great guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> maybe Riley Cooper will be at a Morgan Wallen concert. At some point. <laughs> um, but he has he has bangers. Um, uh, vampire great song and uh, Olivia I believe but you can correct me if I'm wrong Eric is the first person to have um, number one singles on her first two albums so the the debut singles on the, off the two albums so that's just what I've heard that's what I've read but you can you can look that up and then obviously uh, Speak Now Taylor's version dropped last Thursday night Speak Now is my favorite Taylor Swift album and um, some very good bonus songs Timeless I can see you um, when Emma falls in love. She had some great concerts in Kansas City. Brought out Taylor Lautner, who I saw an amazing tweet that was like, Taylor Lautner's done fame right. Get millions of dollars off of a franchise. Like, go away, marry a nice girl, and then just come back in the spotlight when Taylor Swift asked you to attend a concert. Like, what a great job by that guy. He's got to be living mm-hmm. an absolute peach of a life. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, my girl is just dominating, dominating the music scene right now. So, uh, what was the what was the tweet you sent from, or someone sent from the Maryland account? Uh, that Taylor. Was, oh, I just send tweets constantly about Taylor from the Maryland account. So, uh, I sent a couple this week. I sent one with thirteen Matt Shaw being the thirteenth pick and her doing uh, having thirteen on her hand, which she used to do in the Speak Now era. Uh, and then I did one um, that was. Red? was it a- Sparks fly every time you smile. That's, that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was cracking over that. I, I wanted to be it's like Tangled Taylor. Yeah. Just absolutely getting those in there. Um, but, and she produced the meme of the week. Her doing the like hopping dance has become like Uh-oh. one of the biggest things on Twitter. Um, which that I, I, the best part about that initial tweet of the fan saying, like, move over Michael Jackson, she can really dance, is that person was totally serious. There's just no irony at all involved in that tweet, which is just amazing. No. Which I looked today, that original tweet now is 83, 83.3 million impressions. Insane. Jesus Christ. Insane. Brent Rooker with a ground wheel double. Mississippi State's yeah. finest. Smoke that ball. Um, so those are, those are my two. Um, do we have any more, um, any more house cleaning here before we get out of here, fellas? Yeah. Um, wanted to, uh, promote what we got coming up oh. on Friday. First episode. Oh yes. Season yes, yes, in yes. between. It's my new little, uh, new little podumentary project that I'm putting out there focusing on the 2006 Baltimore Ravens. If anyone listened to forgotten dynasty, it's kind of similar to that. Uh, so four episodes kind of narrative podcast about that team, about the early to mid two thousands Ravens. Uh, fun little project that I've been slaving away at for over half a year at this point and finally seeing the light of day. So exciting stuff. Tune in on Friday. Listen to Jake's work there, everybody. Really, really cool project. You sent us the trailer, like your initial trailer for it, I don't know, like two weeks ago. And I was like, wow, this is this should be really cool. I'm very excited to listen to it. So um, make sure everybody throws that. Obviously, we'll just be up in our feed. So we'll come in right into where you're normally listening to the pod. But um, very cool stuff by you, Jake. I'm, I'm can only assume that it's, I can only assume that it's good based on your previous foray into this type of work. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a fun, fun process, putting it together a whole lot of work, but, uh, I think the final product's pretty good. Putting the finishing touches on the last episode as we speak three, the other three are done 
And uh, yeah, it's a good feeling to, to finally put it out there. So hope everyone's also excited. perfect summer lead into training camp in the season. So you yeah. just listen to it all football season long if you don't get to it now. Yeah, exactly. It kind of uh, it's the, the the right time of year to release this kind of thing. I think I did this with the the Colts pod, you know, a couple of years ago, kind of around this time, maybe a little earlier. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, I think going to be a good summer listen. You know, right into training camp that was intentional, as you said. So uh, I think that'll be some uh, some good listening. I hope people enjoy something different, and uh, I think definitely going to try and do more of that as we move forward, maybe even a little more frequently, hopefully. Like I said, it's a lot of work, but uh, a lot of fun. Very well worth doing. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. We might have to come up with a, we might have to come up with an Orioles idea for that. And, and yeah, that's, that. yeah. Watch this space. Stay tuned. There it is. Yeah. I mean, that's just setting up, setting up for a tease, mm. setting up for a tease. Is Spenny, does Spenny actually watch also wants us to watch quarterback on Netflix? I think, I think we're probably all going to anyway. Right. So uh, yeah. watching. <laughs> Is it out now? Did it come out? I don't know. So Spenny, for anyone listening, he put in the group chat. He want, he wants us to announce that we're all going to watch quarterback and do a review of it on the podcast feed next week. So I guess we're doing that. So everybody watch quarterback and uh, wow. be ready for can't, that episode. Can't wait till I can't wait till I don't watch. That'll yeah. be <laughs> promise to watch a lot of things. No, I'm kind of excited for quarterback. I kind of like the, the like the guys they went with. It's like kind of three different type of looks at it. I'm I'm itch, I'm very interested to see how Mariota is. Like he's actually the most interesting to me. Like it, who is it's Mahomes, like, Mariota, and Kirk, right? Kirk. I mean, Kirk's yeah. gonna be interesting just because it's Kirk. Kirk. Or, I mean, you're gonna have like the uh, he's gonna be you know having power power goggles on and his plexiglass thing while he's you know doing whatever he does. And then you got Mariota. Yeah, that's he. He kind of seems like he might be. A little bit. I, I don't know if he's personality plus, but then I mean, Mahomes. You got like you know Jackson dancing around and Brittany Mahomes like doing her Cersei Lannister routine, spraying the crowd with champagne and stuff. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a riot. The thing, the thing about Mahomes is he's so overexposed at this point, like family wise, and he's so. I feel like there's not much. Maybe there will be something to learn about him and his work ethic or something. But he's so reported on that you feel like you know everything about him. Mariota is interesting to me because he was the number one pick in the draft. He clearly has not become what, you know, people wanted him to be, but he's like sticking to it and, and seems like a guy that teams want around. I'm just fascinated to see like what his overall outlook is on his career. He's and, your guy, Eric. Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's well, your guy, Eric. If you remember, too, how his year ended where he had the knee injury and they were like, oh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then he'd like stopped reporting. Yeah. And it was like there was a thing where it's like, oh, his wife gave birth. So he left to be with him, but it was like. He didn't get cleared or something like that. So I don't know if we'll go into that, but I'm really excited to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ha- I had I had a Vince Young authentic jersey, and then I stopped buying Titans jerseys. And my next jersey I asked for was a Mariota like authentic, like fully authentic. So I've got that hanging up. Um, I hope they I hope they do I hope they do go that. into that yeah. stuff. Sorry to cut. I, I really hope they do go into that kind of stuff because like these things are cool always and they're an easy watch. But I feel like they can really veer into like just commercial for the team territory. Like Hard Knocks well, here, is just a commercial yeah. for the NFL now. All or nothing kind of turned into that. Like let's you know let's get a little nittier and grittier here. These are these are these are always interesting because everybody's doing this now because. Uh, obviously of the success of like hard knocks and 24 seven on like the early front of it. And now because of drive to survive, everybody wants a piece of branded content that goes behind the scenes because Netflix is a giant audience driver and you want it Breakpoint, The, why is the PGA tour one full, full swing, full swing, I don't know golf like, yeah. And golf boy, we could have a full podcast about golf. I don't think we need to go to that. Um, but at least not right now. 
But like Jake, you're couldn't be more right. Like what makes the good ones great is when they go a little bit further. And that's what like like I don't know if you guys watch like HBO 24/7 boxings. Those were amazing because those guys are so unfiltered that you were able to get like a ton of real stuff. And now everyone's and that was, you know, 10 years ago when they're doing it, like Mayweather and De La Hoya and and Pacquiao and all those guys. Now like these guys are so like they know what to do on these things to make them good. The, both the personalities, the guys getting filmed though, and the production is so slick that you like lose some of the rawness. I hope this has some rawness. And I think you can get that from a guy like Cousins, who I don't really care, think he cares anybody thinks of him. So I think he'll say whatever he thinks. It won't be like... I'm know. way more excited for him than Mahomes, to your point. Like Mahomes is going to be like, you know, doing his, you know, little slanted, you know, cockeyed grin at the camera. And he's going to have his arm sleeves and his million wristbands on. And he's going to, you know, he's probably going to be like hawking some products. And it's just like, I, I, I'm i good on all that. Give me like Kirk, who's probably in the middle of a professional kind of crisis here a little bit. Like he's got Justin Jefferson going out there and naming top five quarterbacks and not putting him in it. It feels like the Vikings are kind of ready to move on from that. So guys kind of at a critical juncture. I think that's going to be interesting to see. And Kirk is always like, Kirk's always been an interesting dude, man. Going back to his time in Washington, like even when he was like on the bench, he would be like sitting there and talking to reporters about like, Oh yeah, I don't really know about my status. Like maybe this will be my last year. Maybe I'll stick around. It's like, Kirk, you're a backup dude, but he actually wound up to, he wound up going on to have a real career. You got to respect that at least. Yeah. Can I, can I tell a Kirk Cousins story real quick? Sure. Of course. So, so when I worked at, at the restaurant, we would feed the teams, uh, the Redskins or the visiting team every week and make like package deals. And we go down to the clubhouse and we would hand them to the players. as They came out of the locker room. And this was, I don't know, maybe 2014 or 15, 16, maybe. And Kirk walked out and we had brisket. I think it was like brisket. And then, um, chicken sandwich. And Kirk walks up and we're like, hey, you know, hey, how you doing, Kirk? It was like Christmas. He was dressing like this corny ass, like, like suits you see at Spencer's that's to, like has elves on it and like reindeer and it's bright green and red and all that. And it's like, what? so we're going, uh, you know, Kirk comes out, you know, hey, how you doing, boss? It's like, you know, chicken or pork? And he looks at me and he goes, that'd be great. And I go, no, do you, do you want chicken or pork? And he goes, absolutely. And like, he's just smiling the whole time. And I was just like, all right, here you go, man. Take and go. But that's he's he's as weird as as it's the uh, shrimp shrimp puff. Guy. Fuck you say. Yeah, like it, it was shrimp puff. so it was so strange. But as as the A. By the way, they're doing a really cool thing here with A. Rod Ortiz, Derek Jeter, and I forget the other guy announcing. Is they're sitting front row behind the on deck circle, I saw calling that. the game now. Like is it there, Kevin? Like, is it Kevin? Kevin Burkhart probably. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. But it's pretty cool. It's a fun little fun little thing they're doing. So. Guys are having fun. I like that they're doing different stuff on this. Hey, uh, Home Run Derby ESPN broadcast, maybe take some notes. And not they, they, the intern tweeted out, how do we get Adam Jones as a sideline reporter? So there you go. Maybe he'll, follow, maybe he'll follow the podcast account before he follows me because there you I've go. done enough yeah, flirting. No, you're definitely not mad about that. Put that out there for people in the hour and 20-minute mark. Yeah, absolutely. Don't write it in the newspaper. Yeah. Um. That is the conclusion of this week's episode of the Exit 52 podcast. Always great to chat with you guys. Um, follow us on social media, Exit 52 podcast on all of your all your platforms. You can follow this crew. You follow Jake at his name, Jake Luke. You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me at Taylor Schmidt 10 You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow Spencer at Ravens for Dummies. That is the number four 
between Ravens and Dummies. Uh, appreciate all of our sponsors. Um, Black Eyed Susan Spice Company, Fed Thrill, and as always, Jimmy's Seafood, who you guys had a fantastic event with last night. Very much appreciate their support um, and, and having you guys out for that. And we will see you next time. Make sure, Friday, listen, listen. Give Jake's work the time it deserves. We'll see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Peace.